0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The beginning of every new year, this year, uh, the new year is already nine days old. It gives us an opportunity to reflect a little bit, to think a little bit. So many things that happened over the past year, yet at the sa- same time we think about all the things that that could have happened or maybe should have happened. All of those things that we might call the if-onlys. Last year I'm sure there were a lot of people who said to themselves, well, if only I knew about investing in cryptocurrency or GameStop of all places, I could have earned a lot of money by now. Or people in government or healthcare thinking, well, if only we knew what was going to happen, we could have done things a little differently. For all you Michigan fans out there, if only we could have beaten Michigan State or Michigan State fans thinking, if only we could have beaten Purdue, they lost to Purdue. Both teams though did end up having good seasons, I must say. But the real question today is what are your if only's from the past year? If only I exercised a little bit more, if only I had taken care of myself a little bit better or someone else a little bit better. If only I had been a better husband, or a wife, or a child, or a grandparent. If only I had done something differently with my job, or with my neighbor, or with a friend. It goes to show that our lives can very easily and and very quickly become a series of conditional statements like that. A bunch of if-onlys. And it goes to show how much of our lives seem to be up in the air at any given moment. And because we are all Christians, it also means that we are the ones who, who are trying to serve God faithfully. And, and because of that, I'm sure that all of us can think of plenty of if-onlys that haunt our consciences. Things that we have done or things that we have failed to do that we know have displeased God. That we know we're not God's will. Things that as Christians we shouldn't do. Things that we can't do and yet things that we've still done. And so, the first verse of our epistle reading that we heard today from Romans chapter 6 hits us quite square in the face. The Apostle Paul writes, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, we know the answer to that question even before he asks it. Even our dull and sinful minds can know. That to think that somehow God wants us to sin or that God would tolerate our sin or that God would look the other way when we sin. Well, that's just ridiculous. We know better. But unfortunately, we also know that we are all sinners. We know all of those if only's that do stand between us and a holy God. And so, yes, we know better. But the problem is we don't always do better. So what does Paul go on to say? Does he continue to string us along with some more conditional statements? If only you try harder, brothers and sisters, then you would be able to do what God wants. If only you did become the man or woman God wants you to be. If only you you adopt these seven principles for godly living. Is that what Paul does? Well, no, he doesn't. There are no if-onlys in Romans chapter 6. Instead, and this is the important point here today, is what we find is just the opposite. What we find as the Apostle Paul is describing our life and our baptism are some certainties from God, some concrete statements of fact. He writes, do you not know? That all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his and we have in our baptism, well, then we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his.
1: And if we have died
0: with Christ, and we have in our baptism, we believe we also will live with him. You see, the uncertainty of what we are not able to do for ourselves is replaced by the certainty of what Christ has done for us and to us. Our if-onlys replaced by God's certainty. In fact, in our text today, Paul goes through three different certainties of baptism that I'd like to walk through today. And so if you do have your Bibles with you, I'd invite you to open to Romans chapter six. And the first certainty that we find there is, of course, where we must start the work of Jesus Christ, which is what we receive when we are baptized. Paul says in verses nine and ten, he says, we know That Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. So what is it that releases us from the power of sin? It's the death Jesus died once for all. The death of Jesus, who three days later rose to life, is a certainty of historical fact. There are no if-onlys when talking about this action of God. It's an underlined and highlighted and circled event that did take place. Jesus defeated sin and death, and he did it at his cross and at the empty tomb. It undeniably happened. And this, then, is the first certainty of baptism, God's work in Jesus Christ. Well, then, the second certainty... Of baptism answers the question Well, when did I become connected with this work of Jesus Christ? How does my if only in life get replaced with this certainty of Christ? How does what Jesus accomplished have anything to do with my life or my condition? Well, that connection, that uniting with the work of Christ, arrived in your baptism. Paul says in verse 3, all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. In other words, we have all been united with him in our baptism. His death becomes the, the death of sin's mastery over me. His rising again becomes my new life. There's no wondering whether or not we have forgiveness, no questioning whether or not we have this new life. I can, as a Christian, point to the time that I was baptized and say, that's mine. There at a font in Tacoma, Washington, on the third Sunday in Advent, December 14th, that was the moment when Joseph Paulzine died to sin and was raised to new life. And all of us who have been baptized into Christ also have this certainty. Now, our baptisms have taken place in different places and at different times. But we have all been baptized into the same death and the same life of our one Lord Jesus Christ. All of us have died. All of us have been raised to new life because all of us have been united to Christ in our baptism. If you don't know when it was you were baptized, go find out. Call the church where you were born and ask them or ask a family member who would know write it on your calendar and remember it constantly remind your children and your grandchildren of that day for them so that they can always point to it and say that's my certainty that's when I died to sin that's when I was raised to new life and all of this leads to the third certainty of baptism the certainty of our new lives that we now live. Paul writes in verse 4, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We have died to sin. It's not a question of, well, should I die to sin or should I live in this new life? When we died to sin in our baptism, we were given new life. And today's reading says in verse 11, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Continuing in sin has nothing to do with living for God. There are no if-onlys for those who have been baptized into Christ. Because of the work of Christ and because we have been connected to Christ in our baptism, we now have these new lives full of of good works that naturally arise because of the gifts given to us by God. As Martin Luther once wrote in his preface to the book of Romans, he says, it is a living, busy, active thing, this faith that we have. It is impossible for this faith not to be doing good works incessantly. It doesn't ask whether or not good works ought to be done, but before the question is even asked, it has already done them. You see, there's no question whether or not we should be doing good works. Because we are connected to Christ, we do them. Now, exactly what those good works look like in your own particular life, Paul doesn't go into detail describing that here in this passage. But but read any part of the, the New Testament, we see Paul talking about that all over the place. Paul talks a lot about things like living in humility, living in our stations in life, in vocations in life, in service to God and in service to our neighbor. Submitting to the the government and all those in authority for our good. Love for fellow believers. Staying away from things that would draw us away from Christ. Staying away from drunkenness and immorality that arises between men and women. These were all issues that Paul was addressing in his congregations in his day. Some of which are true for us still today, of course. But we might also be facing different issues to which God also speaks. Now, you may be thinking, well, if I have this new life, and that's a certainty, what about when I still sin in this life? It may cause us to go into doubt or into a feeling of incongruity or dissonance because we know that we are failing to live up to that standard of new life that God has given us. We fail to to meet those, those godly standards, God's law, the Ten Commandments, Even if God were to shorten the list, even if he were to make it, well, just the five things that you have to do. Because we are sinners, we know that we would still fail. So what does that mean? Well, it brings us to one more certainty that I'd like to address today. And it's not a certainty that's spelled out in Romans chapter 6 today, but rather the answer is Romans chapter 6. And what I mean by that is when we sin, when we have that feeling of of dissonance and incongruity in our life, we stay away from all those if-onlys that the devil would love to have us dwell on and instead return to the certainty that God has already provided us in our baptism. We return to the certainty of the cross of Christ, which has removed the guilt of our sin away from us. The certainty of the resurrection, which has given us new life in Christ. The certainty of our baptism, which has specifically united each and every one of us with all that Jesus has accomplished on our behalf because we were not able to through his death and resurrection. Sin is not good. That's obvious. But feeling that tension between our new life and our old sinful nature, well, that is a good thing. Because it means the Holy Spirit is at work and pushing against the sin in our lives and leading us then to repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And the alternative would be as if we sinned and we didn't feel anything at all. But since we have been baptized and because the Holy Spirit is at work within us and that's a certainty and that we do have that new life in Christ, then we don't reject his work at work in us. But instead, we return to it time and time again. We return in repentance and humility to our God and we return to find him faithful and just to forgive our sins. And that's why baptism contrary to what many may think, isn't just a one-time event. Baptism may have taken place just at one time, on one day out of our life, but the promises that God made to you in your baptism, well, those are at work within you every single day of your life. Every week we worship together and gather together and we receive the forgiveness of sins In the name into which we were baptized. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Daily, we call upon God in prayer. We call upon the name into which we were baptized. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Every single day, every second of every day, the Holy Spirit is working faith in us. In the name into which we were baptized. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And because of that gift of faith, that our triune God has given us, we do remember that our sins have been buried and our new life that we have been given by God will last forever. And so today, as we start out on yet another new year, we don't need to dwell on all of those if-onlys. Instead, we remember the certainty God has given us in our baptism, the certainty of our new life in Jesus Christ, who is the beloved Son of God, with whom the Father is well pleased. And because of all that Christ has done for us, the Father looks upon us, his baptized children, and with us, he is well pleased. In Jesus' name.